BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, another post-draft edition with Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. Hello, Matt. Hey, Charch. How's it going? Awesome. Last week, we broke down the running backs that were taken after round one, which was all of them except for one guy. And this week, we're going to turn our attention to the highly touted receivers that went in the draft. Now, just the sheer volume of receivers means we're going to hit them all, but we're going to hit we're going to hit the guys that matter across the draft landscape and the fantasy landscape, who you need to know about and what they can bring to the table for your fantasy team That is our goal here on Fantasy Football Weekly today. And uh, we begin first with T. Higgins, who got drafted by Cincinnati. Tell people a little about T. Higgins and how you feel he fits into a crowded set of wide receivers for the Bengals. Well, it's pretty interesting, too, because T. Higgins was the first pick around two. And there were seven wide receivers picked in the second round of the draft, including the first two picks of round two. So all these teams had a little while to think about this. And they were like, oh, man, there's wide receiver value still on the board. So T. Higgins is the first one. Uh, It is suddenly an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver for the Bengals Mm -hmm. with A.J. Green coming back. But he's on the franchise tag. Uh, Tyler Boyd and John Ross, who both might be out of contract uh, at the end of this coming season. So T Higgins could be your long-term wide receiver one play in Cincinnati. If you're in a dynasty league, he's a super interesting stash because uh, they got obviously Joe Burrow there tossing the ball. So T Higgins could suddenly be the wide receiver one next year. Right now he's looking at probably wide receiver three on that depth chart. But uh, I, I think he definitely outmuscles uh, John Ross for playing time, and he should be on the on the field for most three wide receiver sets for the Bengals this year. 
T. Higgins is going to outmuscle his opponents as well. He's six foot four, 215 pounds, the big catch radius. And for a big man, surprising speed. He's got these long strides that eat up yards, T. Higgins, and incredibly productive the past two years with an almost identical stats the past couple of years, roughly 60 catches, 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. And that kind of productivity in back-to-back years makes you feel really confident. I think he I think he flat out beats out John Ross, maybe even by week one, as the starter on the outside opposite A.J. Green with Tyler Boyd manning the slot position. And I think you're right that A.J., this may very well be A.J. Green's last year in Cincinnati. Same could be said for uh, Boyd and or Ross, especially Ross. And T. Higgins could emerge as that number one for what could be a decade-long career, potentially, or longer with Joe Burrow. And, you know, that's fantasy gold right there. So I agree that in Dynasty Leagues in particular, T. Higgins, long-term, really not even that long-term, beginning next year, potential is really great. And Charch, I made a mistake on Tyler Boyd. He is signed through the 2023 season, but he does play the slot. So T. Higgins uh, from the outside is looking at uh, wide receiver one numbers uh, in the very near future there. It's John Ross that's going to get pinched on this T. Higgins move. It's I think it's Ross is going yep. to be the odd man out of this deal. All right, let's go to the next player taken in the second round, and that was Michael Pittman's kid, and I'm old enough to have had Michael Pittman on my fantasy team many times. He had a long career in the NFL. Now his son, another big-bodied kid, goes to Indianapolis, and all the Colts and Frank Reich have done since the draft is brag about how much they love this guy and how they want to use him this year. What do you think about Michael Pittman's fit for the Colts? And his dad was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the running back for the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Senior there. Um, Yeah. um, The path to playing time is really great for Pittman uh, as no one is really fearing Paris Campbell at this point. Oh, I am. You are? I, I I Paris Campbell to me is one of my favorite deep sleepers for this okay. year. He at this he time was, last year, we we're all really, really excited about Paris Campbell and what he could do as a sort of jack of all trades receiver for the Colts. But then he had this <laughs> and so quickly we move on. that just torpedoed <laughs> his season. And I think Paris Campbell in year two is going to be a lot like the guy we thought we were going to get last year. So I am very high in Paris Campbell as a sneaky play. That said. Still plenty of room for Michael Pittman to get on the field. Sure. He comps uh, similar to a Philip Rivers old teammate of Mike Williams, uh, who in San Diego and L.A. Uh, was a huge red zone target for for Rivers, who, who likes to target both the tight end and uh, the big bodied wide receivers in the end zone. And that's not T.Y. Hilton's game. That's definitely oh. Michael Pittman's game. So uh, I like him as a red zone threat. And he's definitely a guy that if I'm looking at best ball leagues, uh, I could see those games coming this year where he he might lay a few stinkers throughout the year, but in, in a best ball league, he might be one of those guys who gets a touchdown or two uh, in four or five different games this year. So I kind of like that as a, a possible wide receiver flex starter in best ball leagues this year. I do too. The concern for Michael Pittman long-term is we don't know who the quarterback is next year. So that's, you know, that part could be a bigger issue for him down the road, but for this season, those big body guys, you mentioned it. The touchdown numbers can be there. And for Philip Rivers, you mentioned Mike Williams. Remember before that, Vincent Jackson, that big bodied receiver that um, many of us, we waited a long time for him to finally break out. He finally did, had some big seasons, ended up leaving and then did nothing. But um, that's another big body guy that has worked with Philip Rivers in the past. Let's go to the and next. Charge, on, on the Colts, yeah. I, I just wanted to mention 
Do you think there's a chance that Andrew Luck returns to the NFL? Maybe after this following year. Because they, they signed Rivers for the year. I, th- I think he might even be under contract for two. But it kind of leaves the door open for Andrew Luck to possibly come back someday. I'm not saying no, but he's made $100 million. <laughs> I just don't think, I don't know. I don't know that he has any need, any, any reason to, but, I, you know, I... I don't have any uncanny insight into where what his mind state is, but I, he doesn't need the money. I know that, so he certainly does. I don't. I don't think Andrew Luck is going to come back, but man, that would be that'd be awfully nice because it, it's really sad how it ended there for sure. Let's go Absolutely. to Jacksonville. Uh, Lavishka Chenault is one of my favorite players in this draft with, I think, just enormous game changing upside if things can work out for him. He was incredibly productive for Colorado and maybe the most explosive playmaker in this entire draft, which is saying a lot when you've got guys like CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. He's the the explosiveness is there for LaVishka Chenault. How do you how do you like his the way he will fit into the Jaguars? I mean, if we went back to our earlier conversation on these day two wide receivers, I didn't really like Chenault that much because I feel like he's a little bit too gadgety for me as a as a fantasy player. He's got, you know, the the shades of Percy Harvin on the upside, but uh, he could comp out more like Cordero Patterson. And that's the thing that kind of scares me about Chenault. But you can't deny the speed and you can't deny the playmaking ability. Uh, but everybody loves DJ Chark as the top wide receiver there. Outside of that, D.D. Westbrook is definitely beatable for playing time, and the Jags just let Marquise Lee go on to New England. I just wanted to ask, is Justin Blackman still under contract for the Jaguars? I think he is. (laughs) But uh, Chenault probably figures in as the second target, maybe? Yes. Uh, or, or, Or a guy who could get six touches a game, something like that, and that's fantasy viable. Aside from the dubious quarterbacking in Jacksonville, this is an awesome landing spot for LaVishka Chenault. He walks in with virtually no competition to beat. DJ Chark is going to, is, is, is got deep playmaking speed. Chenault is so strong and big bodied. He can catch over the middle of the field with, with DJ Chark opening up the middle of the field for him. And I think there's a lot of good, a lot of good things that can come from that. He broke 44 tackles the last two years, the most of any receiver in this rookie class. I think he is a uh, is a potential absolute find for fantasy owners. And let's just hope the quarterbacking is requisite of it in Jacksonville. I'm I'm pretty high on on Chenault, and I think there's uh I think he could be a very helpful fantasy player if if things go well. Now he did have a, a variety of, of injuries in college, but none of them were severe. It was just the kind that would knock you out from a game here and there, a couple of games, or you'd play hurt through it. Uh, that so he's soft. You're saying definitely a, a soft player. Is that that's what that's what it sounds like? He's not he's not as tough and and manly as the Mississippi mustache Gardner Minshew though. Well, nobody. I is. can't believe you said dubious quarterbacking. They got Minshew. That's all they need. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Uh, then the next player taken in this loaded second round of the NFL draft, the next receiver taken, KJ Hamler from Denver. This was Denver's just loaded on offense all of a sudden. They went Jerry Judy, and then they go with KJ Hamler. Now, I'm not that high on Hamler, uh, Hamler and I'm, I'm worried about all the drops in college. 
We've seen a lot of players come to the NFL with drop problems that just don't get better. Um, he's really small. I think he can only play the slot. I think his upside is Tavon Austin at best. And that's going to mean from a fantasy standpoint, in my eyes, he's like a best ball guy. You just, you hope that you, you have, you've picked, you, you know, you have, there's going to be four games a year where KJ Hamler can make a difference. And you hope that you had him in your starting lineup. Well, is, I mean, when you list off the guys in that uh, offense right now for skill position players, it's Cortland Sutton, Jerry yep. Judy, Noah yep. Fant, Melvin yep. Gordon, Philip yep. Lindsay. I think yeah. all five of those guys I would rather target over KJ Hamler in the passing mm-hmm. game. So he's he's definitely the sixth option in in a team that would only play five options at a time. But uh, this is definitely the most exciting skill position group maybe Denver has ever had. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, if you go back, you're too young to remember the three amigos. Vance Johnson, Mark Jackson, and Ricky Natil. I'm telling you, those guys were good. This was, you know, there was Elway throwing to those guys. Were they good or were they John Elway pass catchers? I mean, this is Drew Locke. If he's average at at worst, I mean, this is a really good skill position group right here. It is. It is a good skill position set for sure. And and Drew Locke, I mean, what I kind of love about this is you're no you're never going to be able to go back and look at Drew Locke's career and say they didn't give him enough help. Absolutely. Yeah. Drew yeah. Locke is not this, suffering from Aaron Rodgers syndrome. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the next player taken was another big body guy. Uh, Chase Claypool goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there was some talk that they were that some teams would gonna were gonna turn him into a tight end, but the Steelers had come out and said, no, he's gonna be a wide receiver for us. And that really tells you a little bit about the big body that Chase Claypool has got. You know, I I both of us really kind of liked Claypool from just the size and ability standpoint. Not super fast, but uh, you know, it, just a, just a huge body over the middle, but the depth chart is where it loses me in Pittsburgh because I don't really want Chase Claypool in this system. He he gets to battle with Juju Smith Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington for snaps, and those are three decent wide receivers right there. With Juju being a great one. And then he's got Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron filling the tight end spots. And Ebron was, you know, a, a good pass catcher in the last few years. Even Jalen Samuels kind of fits in as one of those weird flex players who's played running back and tight end. So we need to clear some guys off of this roster for Chase Claypool to be able to play. And I don't think that I would be drafting him in redraft leagues, but I think he's a super interesting dynasty stash because once a few of these names clear off of this roster, I think Claypool could be a he could be a good find. Uh, there's already rumors out there that Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to not going to get a second contract with the Steelers, which would be at this time last year would have been unthinkable. And maybe people are overreacting to what happened last year with the likes of Duck Hodges throwing one hoppers his way. Uh, but this <laughs> is a make or break year for Juju Smith-Schuster, and if he doesn't pan out. That could open the door for Chase Claypool in a big way. When we come back, we will talk about another of the players who I do not like as much as the team that drafted him. Find out why Van Jefferson worries me for the Los Angeles Rams when we come back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchi, and my co-host is Matt Harrison. We're breaking down... The second set of wide receivers taken in the draft. We already did a previous show on the first round receivers. Now we're looking at this massive second round of wide receivers. And a few of the guys that were taken in later rounds that we think are worth mentioning as well. We turn our attention now to Van Jefferson for the Rams. Tell people a little bit about that landing spot for Van Jefferson. And then I'll talk a little bit about why I'm not necessarily crazy about him. Well, Brandon Cooks leaves a hole in the depth chart, so that's a nice thing. Uh, Van Jefferson could factor in as the other guy along the outside with uh, Robert Woods likely manning the other outside position and Cooper Cup in the slot. Uh, and Brandon Cooks, I mean, up and down career in the with the Rams, uh, specifically with the concussions, but he did put up a couple of nice games. Not really that many last year, but in 2018, uh, Cooks did put up uh, some some glimmering hope numbers. Oh, yeah, so, uh, for sure. I, I mean, I guess that uh, Jefferson's interesting from that perspective, but we didn't even preview him as one of the uh, top guys going. I, I think he was outside of our top 12 wide receivers uh, when we did our earlier show. So uh, what do you like and not like about Van Jefferson, Charge? I only like one thing, and that's his ability to get some separation deep. Um, and he's got some explosiveness to him. So I guess maybe that's two things. But there's a lot that I don't like about Van Jefferson. Low productivity in college. He's not physical. Contact knocks him off his routes. He needs to add weight and strength, which maybe he can do. But a lot of the times when guys have to add weight and strength, we're talking about a 21-year-old. He's 23 already. And I don't know how much more he's going to build into that frame to try to get bigger and stronger. He's never been a yards after catch guy. I mean, so, you know, you roll all those things together. And I think Van Jefferson is uh, is going to be 
a uh, a high risk. Well, I think he was a high risk pick for the Rams. He will be for your fantasy team as well. And I would not pin my hopes on on him necessarily emerging out of that depth chart as being a primary factor, at least no time soon. And I think his, his game has got to come together in a lot of ways. Let's go over to Denzel Mims, a guy that many people thought would go at the end of the first round, potentially. This is the speedster who goes over to the Jets where they've got a lot of opportunity to start. And Denzel Mims probably on the field opening day week one in the starting lineup for the Jets. Yeah, I think so. Um, He enters an offense that lost uh, one of their top two pass catchers in Robbie Anderson. And the other one, Jamison Crowder, plays exclusively out of the slot. Um, The other outside receiver is Brashad Perriman, who... Has a first round pedigree, but has really only shown, you know, three games of fantasy viability in his entire career. And they all came at the end of last season. So uh, if you believe that that was a flash in the pan because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were hurt at the tail end of last year, then Denzel Mims suddenly becomes uh, pretty interesting there. Uh, I really liked him. I was surprised that he lasted to the end of the second round. It would have been. I I think he should have gone ahead of a lot of these guys that we mentioned. I probably would have put him as the, at at least in the conversation, the top three wide receivers that should have been picked in the second round, but uh, Chenault and Hamler and Claypool and Jefferson went ahead of him. So, uh, but I I do like the landing spot because they really got to get some targets going. There's a lot of vacated targets in New York. Rashad Perriman's on a one-year deal. And I think that's important because Perriman's deal is straight line speed. Denzel Mims deal is straight line speed. And so while this year they're when they're on the field together, um, because they're so similar, I worry that defenses will play back, try to take away the speed zone, deep zone coverage. And uh, it may be that that Perryman just gets a lot more balls, but under a one year deal, I could see next year, you know, Mims is the go-to downfield receiver with Perryman gone. And that might be more of a 2021 play than a, a 2020 play. Um, he was very, he was, he was productive and he had lots of great plays at Baylor uh, with an amazing combine, a very productive senior bowl and a good senior bowl week of practice as well. But there's a lot of people who feel like he's also very raw and that Baylor didn't use him in a sophisticated way, asking him to run sophisticated routes. And that may mean that he's got another reason to think 2021 will be a better year for Denzel Mims than necessarily 2020. So I think that to me is, is more of a dynasty pick, Matt. Yeah, I, I, th- I can, I can see that. And I, I'm kind of hoping that Adam Gase is gone from New York after this year, which would probably usher in a new offensive mind there that uh, can really open things up a little bit for Sam Darnold and crew. So uh, yeah, Mims is definitely a guy that's a stash in dynasties right now. Yeah, I think so, too. Let's go to uh, some of the players. Now, all those receivers we just talked about, they all went the second round. That's just the yes. second round, which is crazy. Seven of them. Um, let's go to some of the other. We've handpicked four other receivers that we want to talk about uh, that we think could make a difference or, or be, at least be notable. Let's begin with Devin Duvernay, who ends up going to the Ravens. And this is an opportunity to get some playing time because that was a very unproductive group of wide receivers last year. Yeah, outside of Hollywood Brown, it's pretty much open for business for DuVernay. Um, 
all you got to do is beat out Miles Boykin and Chris Moore. I mean, that doesn't sound that difficult. I I, I feel yeah. like 39-year-old Matt Harrison might be able to uh, <laughs> muscle them out for a few targets in the offense. Well, I'll but, mention uh, that. I'll, let me mention one thing about Miles Boykin. And, and, you know, it probably won't work out for him based on what we saw rookie year. But that guy is a crazy athlete. And we knew that it was going to be a longer runway for him to maybe acclimate to the NFL. But, you know, if you're a believer in in, in Spark, S-P-A-R-Q, he is a crazy, crazy Spark specimen. And people loved him coming out of the combine last year. So I'm not totally writing off Miles Boykin quite yet is the point. No, it's too early to write him off. He's in his second year. So uh is interesting. They, they did lose some some targets with Hayden Hurst being traded to Atlanta. So uh, there is a little bit of opportunity there. And you'd think that they probably want to get Lamar Jackson to throw the ball just a little bit more every year of his career, maybe take a couple of hits off of his body. So uh, I I would imagine that they're going to target their wide receivers just a little bit more this year, too. Yeah, I would I would not be surprised if that ends up being the case. Now, one concern that I've got for Devin Duvernay is he's a he is a slot receiver. And they run Marquise Hollywood Brown about a third of his 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 runs or his routes have come from the slot. So, you know, there might be a little bit of a battle there for time in the slot. But um, the good news is that two thirds of of Marquise Hollywood Brown's stuff came from the outside. So uh, Duvernay should be able to get some uh, get some time on this excellent hands shorter and thicker than most wide receivers, which makes them tough to tackle. And the opportunity, as you mentioned, is, is certainly there, Matt. Let's go to our next receiver. Somebody a lot of people were really high, and it feels like every everybody always taught, put this guy on their team as, a, as this late potential star wide receiver, but he ended up going fairly early, and that's Brian Edwards, for who goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. Tell people about that fit. Well, it's funny because the Raiders picked uh, pick 16 and pick 17 in the third round. And they took wide receiver Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky and wide receiver Brian Edwards out of South Carolina in back-to-back picks. Now, they did convert Bowden to running back, but yep. that was they're at the they're in the middle part of the third round and they've already drafted three wide receivers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Well, they didn't need uh, any but, defense. They didn't need any defense, so they're fine. No, nah, they don't need that at all. Uh, I mean, Edwards could feature pretty heavily as an option besides Henry Ruggs and Tyrell Williams. Um, I mean, it's all about his health, right? He was the guy who was dinged up for most of last year. And uh, if if he's healthy, everybody seemed to think that he was a late first, early second round pick. Yep. But uh, he couldn't couldn't stay on the field. So uh, I, I, Edwards is de- definitely an interesting guy there. Yeah, he broke his foot in February, so you're going to have to really monitor his off season and how that foot rehabs. For if you're thinking about Brian Edwards as a potential starter for your fantasy team in Week One, um, which you're probably mm-hmm. not. He's a rookie. Most wide re- rookie wide receivers aren't. But uh, somebody you'll, you'll have to watch that broken foot. There's um there's a lot to like. He's got really good ball skills. He wins a lot of contested catches. He's a bigger bodied guy. Uh, he can break some tackles. He's a finisher. There there is a lot to like. He, he finishes by the way as, all, as South Carolina's all time leader in receiving yards, Brian Edwards, and um mm-hmm. and he makes some beautiful leaping catches that are almost Odell Beckham like Brian Edwards. It's um it's not 
too uh, crazy to talk about him in that in that kind of breath. I encourage you to check out the Brian Edwards highlights. Let's go to the, the final wide receiver <laughs> for us to chat about here. Antonio Gibson, who goes to Washington and will also be converted to a running back. Yeah, he's already on uh, uh, listed on my fantasy league as a running back already. And uh, it's really good when your head coach, who used to coach Christian McCaffrey, compares you to Christian McCaffrey right off the yeah, bat. That's and, a good sign. And I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a startup auction right now for a, uh, a dynasty league. And in a $200 cap, Antonio Gibson's going for seven, eight bucks, wow. which it, it's, it's kind of shocking to me because there's a lot of guys in front of him on that depth chart. Uh, we have Adrian Peterson. We have Darius Geis. Uh, we have Peyton Barber who just recently signed there. I believe there's one more on the Washington depth chart too. But uh, obviously, they like Antonio Gibson quite a bit. Uh, you don't get thrown around with the name Christian McCaffrey very often if you're not uh, a half-decent player. And they let Chris Thompson go, who's been their sort of designated pass catcher for the past three, four years. And you know, with him gone, that really does open the pass-catching role, if nothing else, to Antonio Gibson, who obviously is a converted wide receiver, now playing running back, can catch. Two more guys. I'd mentioned, I thought Gibson was the last guy up, but it's not. I got two more guys I want to touch on at least briefly. Quintez Cephas, who ends up going to the Lions. What have you got on him? Yeah. Well, he's out of Wisconsin, uh, had a pretty good career there. But uh, the interesting thing, if you're looking at a dynasty stash, Quintez Cephas will be the only wide receiver under contract for the Lions in 2021. Wow. All of their wide receivers have their contracts come up this year. And don't forget, they traded Golden Tate. Uh, a couple of years back, they could trade Marvin Jones. Uh, Kenny Galladay's coming up on uh, a, a contract year two. Although I, I'm pretty sure that they're going go. to re-sign him. They can't they let can't. him go. But uh, Quintez Cephas is the only wide receiver that will be under contract in the 2021 season as of right now. So, uh, it, and if they do trade Marvin Jones, which that's that seems like reasonable that you would trade, you know, a veteran guy like that. Yeah. Cephas could could suddenly be thrust into the starting lineup and uh and, and the, the second half of the season he could really get some balls there. So maybe we don't have to wait for twenty twenty one, but if nothing else, you figure he's he he looks like the pro- a probable starter next season, if not this mm-hmm. year. Last guy I want to mention, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota goes to Tampa Bay. Uh Brashad Perryman leaves a an opening for him there. Now, Johnson was a very pro-ready, highly productive player for Minnesota. Chose to skip the combine, which gave people a lot of concern, especially about his overall speed. But that depth chart for Tampa is kind of wide open. They got Godwin playing the slot. You got Mike Evans outside. The other outside receiver, it could easily be Tyler Johnson beating out Justin Watson or Scott Miller. It could be Tyler Johnson sooner than later. It's no coincidence that the Minnesota Golden Gophers finished their season in Raymond James Stadium, winning a bowl game over Auburn, and both Tyler Johnson and Antonio Winfield Jr. go to Tampa Bay in the draft. So obviously, Bruce Arians was in attendance at that game and was super impressed by Tyler Johnson. So uh, I... I, I think he's got a, a good opening there. The offense should be should be great. Uh, I, I just wonder if there's enough targets to go around with Evans, Godwin, Gronk, O.J. Howard, and yeah. the running backs. Is, is there enough room for Tyler Johnson to be a factor this year? I don't know if there is. 
And uh, I know that we're from Minnesota, and it, it's kind of a homer pick for us. But, uh, I, man, I just don't think that Tyler Johnson's going to factor from a fantasy perspective this year. No, uh, it'll be he won't have to worry about good quarterbacking. He'll get plenty of that from Tom Brady. Uh, but Tyler Johnson is probably the sixth most popular target for Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And that will I agree. limit his limit, his reliability and his upside for fantasy owners. Uh, great job today. Thank you, Matt. Terrific job uh, Thanks, breaking Church. down these players. And we've had a ton of fun looking at some of the impact players that have come out of the draft. We'll start turning our attention in the forthcoming shows to uh, dynasty and empire league players as well. That'll be a lot of fun. We've mostly been talking redraft since the draft and even before the draft. And we haven't spent a lot of time on that. Looking forward to getting to that. We'll start talking more and more guillotine league information as well. That's coming up. So plenty more coming on fantasy football over the forthcoming weeks. We look forward to joining you then. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.